we're going to continue our series on how to receive your healing. This is week three, and I got to tell you, this is for everything that you receive from God through faith. We've been talking about how that the source of sickness and disease is spiritual. The source of healing is spiritual. Well, what is the spiritual source of all sickness and disease? According to the Bible, it is spiritual death. When spiritual death entered this realm, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, now it says death came in, or sin came in, and death, spiritual death came in as a result of that. It's after that that we see all sickness, all disease. So although you might have some symptoms in your body that are very, you can see them, there is an unseen root to all sickness and disease. And that unseen root is spiritual death. Well, the unseen power of God, the source of healing, is the finished work of Jesus, right? Go to Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26. Let's just look at a couple scriptures. What happens with people is you see in the word of God that he's promised healing or whatever it is. But then... From the time we believe that we receive whatever it is, our healing, provision, whatever the word says, until the time we see it manifest in our body, what happens many times is we start looking at our body to see if it's working. And that will always mess you up. Because now it's, we're going to see today, it's okay to consider your body. We, faith is never, it never denies things. It doesn't deny that something is going on that, that's, if you're sick, it doesn't deny that you're sick. It denies the right of the sickness to remain in your body. Okay? So that's what faith does. If you're in lack or poverty, it doesn't deny that you, you need this much money and you have this much money. It doesn't deny that. It denies its right to remain there. Okay, so what happens is people will start as they're believing this fight of faith is to stay at rest. They'll start looking at their body to tell them if they're healed or not. And that has nothing to do with it. Everything has to do with what God said. So look at Exodus chapter 15. In verse 26, it says this. Now, this is a scripture... There are, there are names of God, and this is one of them. It's where we get the redemptive name of God, Jehovah Rapha. So, and, and it reveals it right here. It says, And said, If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do that which is right in His sight, and will give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you. Now, we have to realize in the Hebrew language, the, this verb put, there's two possibilities. It's either in the causative tense, where, where this is how the translator translated it. It says, I will put. That's a Hebrew verb in the causative tense. There's also the permissive tense in the Hebrew language, which... Hebrew scholars will tell you this word put should not be translated put 
because it's in the permissive tense. It should read, I will allow or I will permit none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought. Again, it's permissive. It shouldn't be brought. It should read that I've permitted or that I've allowed, okay, upon the Egyptians. But this is not really what I want to talk about today. What I want you to see is the next statement. Why? Why is God saying, man, if you'll do my word, I'll make sure that I do not allow any of the diseases that came upon the Egyptians to come on you. Why would he say that? For I am. This is I am. This is not I was. This is not I will be. This is the redemptive name of the Lord revealed in English. I am the Lord that healeth thee. It's translated Jehovah Rapha, which means I am the Lord who healeth thee. Now, Dr. Young, if you go to Young's literal translation, he was not only a Hebrew scholar, but a Greek scholar. His, the Young's literal translation, it's very accurate. It says this, for I, Jehovah, am healing you. So this is, this is what we're talking about. So God says he's a healer. Isn't that good news? Right? So let's see if it works in other parts of the Bible. Let's go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 1. And again, if you listen to the, this series, you're going to see this scripture. I've been reading this scripture almost every week for the last two weeks. In Psalm 103, verse 1, this would be the equivalent of a present participle in English. Or in other words, this is what God... Now, you've got to follow the, the, the mindset of the Word of God. This is what God has done, is doing, and will always do. It's, 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 he is the I Am. Yesterday, He is the great I Am. Today, He's the great I Am. Tomorrow, He's the great I Am. Faith is not going to be. Now faith will be. No, it says now faith is, right? So it says here in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, what? All of his benefits. And then we have no problem with the first part of verse 3. Who forgives all of your iniquities. Thank you, Lord. Do you believe that? Yes. See, the Bible says in Romans that Jesus, all, all the sin of all mankind, past, present, and future, the whole history of the human race was all put on Jesus. And the Bible uses the word, it was condemned. All of our sin was condemned in the body of Jesus. Where? On the cross. Every sin you've ever committed, every sin you'll ever commit, it was already condemned. This word condemned means a once- and for all time judgment and rendering of something. It was once and for all condemned. It can't be brought up again. When you stand before the God of heaven, he will never talk to you about your sin because it's gone. If you go talk to him about your sin, he'll say, what are you talking about? Come on. He might have some big angel go open a book about it because you have a book about your life. And guess what? It won't be in there because it was already paid for. But I got to tell you, not only did he forgive all your iniquities, 
He healed, doesn't it say it? All of your diseases. Why? For I am, I am the God that heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha. See, he is a healer. So how does he do it? Let's go to Psalm 107, and we see a little bit here how he does it. Psalm 107, verse 20. Hallelujah. Today, I hope and believe that whatever is in your life that does not come in line with the Word of God, that you will choose to look to the Word of God and find His will, and if you find His will, you latch onto it. If it's sickness and disease and you know it's his will that you be healed, that you latch onto it today and you don't move and you don't compare whether or not it's working by what you're seeing in your body, right? Because see, your body's not the source of healing power. It's the Holy Spirit. So if you want to know if you're healed, here is, I mean, there's an MRI, there's a CT scan, they could see some things, but they can't see what this sees, Right? And this is the final authority, and the Lord Jesus Christ is seated in heaven right now, watching over his word to perform it. You don't have to perform it. So stop fighting your body. Stop fighting your finances if you're in lack. Stop fighting depression if you have some chemical imbalances and there's some anxiety, some fear. You know, Pastor Hagen, he texted me this morning. He's doing, starting a series on fear. And he's like, you know what? you got to starve fear and feed your faith. Well, that's exactly what you do in every area of life, right? We starve this stuff in our flesh. We don't look at it. Satan will jump on your shoulder and, and ask you, well, how are you feeling? This must not be working. How, you, know, this, you know you don't have the money to pay your bills, and I challenge you to put God on, God's word on the line because he'll never let you down. So in Psalm 107.20, it says, He sent His Word. Well, who is His Word? Jesus. In the beginning, John 1.1, right? Was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. You can't separate God from His Word. Verse 14 of chapter 1 of John, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, full of truth. Isn't that something? The Word was full of the Word. Isn't that awesome? That's deep, isn't it? He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So we see that Jesus was the one who God the Father sent to bring healing. Right? Let's back that up. Let's go to the New Testament. Go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17 is the perfect commentary on Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. Because where it says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken, it says Isaiah. Well, what do you have a book of Isaiah in your Bible? You actually do. It's called Isaiah. That is the Greek pronunciation of the Hebrew word Isaiah. So he's talking about, this is the Holy Spirit's commentary on surely he's bore my sickness and carried my pains and with his stripes I'm healed. Surely he, talking about Jesus, bore 
my sickness and he carried my pain so I don't have to. Right? So now look at this. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, it says this, that it might be fulfilled. Well, let me, let's back up to verse 16. It says here, and when the evening was come, Matthew 8, 16, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled. Notice it says he healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled. If it was God's will to heal some and not others, it would have said he healed some. But it's not God's will to heal 99 out of 100. It's God's will that all be healed. Because God is no respecter of persons. If he's done it for one, he'll do it for all. James says there is no variableness in him. That means if he's done something for someone that he won't do for someone else, he's variable. That's variableness. He's not, he doesn't do that. He's the same towards everyone. He loves you today just as much as he loves Jesus. Oh, but yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. I'm a mess. You know, he doesn't see you a mess. Well, why? Well, because he's God and he's got these special, you know, rose-colored glasses. He sees you. In. No, he doesn't see you a mess because you're not a mess. Now, if you're living out of your flesh, your life might be a mess. But that's okay. You're not a mess. And when you realize you're not a mess, then he'll be able to come in and you'll give him the mess and he'll clean it all up and you'll live how you actually are. This is not about you becoming someone else. No, this is about who you already are on the inside, showing up on the outside, and you walking with him. Wow, there's an anointing for that. You're not the sick trying to get healed today. You are the healed, so sickness has to bow to who you are in Christ and what he's provided. You're not the, the poverty and lack a person who's struggling financially, who's not successful. No, no. God says you're prosperous. And now, because of that, poverty and lack has to bow to your life because of who you are in him. Not because you're anything. It's because of him. It's all because of him. You're not the depressed today trying to get free from depression. No, you're already free from depression. You already have a sound mind. You already have the peace of God. All of these things. And so now depression has to bow. The chemical imbalances, healing has been provided so that you can walk free. You're not the wounded today. You have already been made free, and now, as you continue in the Word, you'll know the truth of it, and the truth will literally make you free. It'll literally make you aware of how free you are. So Matthew 8, 17, let's go back. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself, Jesus himself, took our infirmities. This Greek word infirmities literally has within it, it's a complete word for every manner of sickness, every manner of disease, every manner of weakness. 
Do you have a weak joint today? Do you have some weakness in your back? Do you have any sickness or disease? Do you have osteoporosis? Do you have degenerating discs? You don't have to. Yeah, but you don't understand. The doctor said, well, absolutely. Thank God for doctors. We, they, see, God doesn't work with doctors. Doctors work with God. Right? So, so thank God for a doctor that could tell you what's going on, whatever, but they can't heal you. God's the healer. And I'm telling you, because see, if you put your trust in a doctor, it could come to the point to where all of a sudden he looks at you or she looks at you and goes, I'm sorry, but there's no more that we, we can do for you. That you'll never hear the great physician say that. Because what's, what's easier for him? To heal your lungs or to put new ones in there? I mean, he's kind of only holding the whole universe together today. Yeah, I right? I mean, he's big enough. And he, but here's the thing. He has spoken that I'm your healer. He's already spoken it. And he literally submits to his word. He puts his very words above his very name. Isn't that amazing? Wow. So it says here, let me read it again, that it might be fulfilled. Remember how Jesus said when he went and he came down from the, uh, the wilderness and he walked into the synagogue and all of a sudden he said, this day, this scripture in Isaiah is fulfilled in your ears. If you look, if you look at the same word, it's the same wording here. It could be easily translated from this time on. From this time on, saying he himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Well, so we see that God sends Jesus. Jesus bore your sickness so you don't have to. Carried your pain so you don't have to carry pain. So let's go to another scripture. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 13, hallelujah. Can it be this simple? Absolutely. It would only have to be complicated if we had to heal ourselves. See, this is the whole deal. Deuteronomy 30, 19, God says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he gave us the answer. He said, so choose life. So both you and your seed can live. You can decide today. There is nothing that the enemy can do to you that God is not much greater. Every bondage that the enemy might have started laying in your life ever since you were a little kid that seems so massive right now is literally nothing compared to the life of God that is in you right now as a child of God. See, the source of healing as we saw, Romans 8, 11, right? If the spirit of him, the mighty Holy Spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, if he dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. Quicken, it literally means to restore, to make whole, to heal. Isn't that amazing? So we see how it works. Now in Galatians chapter 3, this is how it happened. It says here in verse 13, 
Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing hath what? Redeemed you from the curse of the law. To be redeemed means you've been purchased out of one thing or one state and put somewhere else. He redeemed us out of the curse of the law. Deuteronomy 28, we're not going to take the time today, but Deuteronomy 28 lists all the curse of the law. And in verse 61, after it lists all these horrible sicknesses and diseases, it says, and every other sickness, every other disease that is not listed. In other words, the curse of the law literally includes all sickness, all disease. It includes all poverty, all lack, and it includes all spiritual death. We've been redeemed from it. See, this is why in John 10.10, Jesus said, the thief comes. we got to translate this correctly. Not just steal, kill, destroy. That's not just three things he does. The thief comes but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. See, he's got to steal the word of God from you in order to ever kill or destroy anything in your life. And the only way he can steal the word is if you doubt it. And the only reason why you ever doubt the word is because you take your eyes off of it. But if you'll keep your eyes on the word, not on your body, not on your finances. See, this is the thing. Are you facing a serious circumstance? Get your eyes off the circumstance and on Jesus. Because if you put your eyes on the circumstance, that's not where the source of your strength is. You'll do just like Peter did, right? You'll sink. But if you find yourself sinking, all you got to do is get your eyes back on Jesus and he'll pull you right back up. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. How did he do that? Being made a curse for us. He was made a curse. You know, it's not by chance why he wore a crown of thorns, right? That was a sign of the curse, It was not by chance that he was beaten. Now, it says with his stripes we're healed. That's translated bruise. Literally, they tell us if you could could look at the back of Jesus and tell one stripe from another, it would have had to been a different word. It would have had to been a plural word. But literally, you couldn't tell. He was completely ripped up. Now, why was he scourged? I'll say this. It's my opinion. See, if you study the Roman history, they wouldn't scourge people many times before they crucified them. As a matter of fact, that's, that, that very rarely ever happened, if ever happened, because many people would just die from the scourging. So they, but, but the Romans loved to crucify people. They could keep them alive for three days. I mean, they would torture people. So they wouldn't beat them. They wanted to save all of it for on the cross. But Jesus, I believe Pilate had him beaten because he was, he was kind of, I think he was hoping that the people would say, okay, that's enough for us. But it wasn't enough. So he went to the cross and his hands were out like this. It was a type of the blessing of the Old Testament, the blessing of the lifted hands, but it was different because he was grabbing hold of God and grabbing hold of man. He was taking our place. 
And for three hours on that cross, he was separated from his father. He was made to be sin. He bore every one of your sins. He bore all of your sickness and all of your disease. He bore all of your poverty and lack. He redeemed you by being made a curse for you. This is huge. So simple. Isn't it simple? You're sitting there right now. There's greater understanding coming to you right now. I could sense it because I'm sensing faith. But I'm telling you, whatever you need, grab it. You don't have to have somebody lay hands on you. I'm not minimizing that. Boy, laying hands on people is wonderful. But whatever you need, grab it today. Draw a line in the sand and say, listen, I am a child of God. I will take no less than what my master, my savior, my great redeemer gave me. It says here, he was made a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham could come on us as Gentiles. The blessing of Abraham, what makes us rich, puts us into a full and overflowing supply. It makes our name great so that we can be a blessing in this earth. And so that we could receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What is that? Salvation. He took our place. Isn't that amazing? So let's look, let's look at an example of this. Go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. I'm telling you, it's really hard to preach. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Well, I'm here to tell you, God has provided, 2,000 years ago, provided healing for you. And I could give you hundreds of scriptures if we stayed here long enough, but we're just using a few. You could take the scriptures that I just quoted and get free of anything because it's his will. It's already provided. So Romans chapter 4, verse 17, gives us Abraham's example of faith. God appears to Abraham when he's 75 years old and tells him to leave his house, his family, and go where I'm going to show you. Now that's pretty intense. Because Abraham, if you study his life, he was a first son. So he had a great inheritance coming as, a, as the firstborn. And God was saying, I want you to leave everything. I want you to leave everything. So now, God appears, we see again, we see at 99 years old, God appears to Abraham. By the time God appears to him again, you kind of see how Abraham's kind of given up on this promise of a son that God promised him years earlier. He kind of gave up on it. Have you, ever, have you ever given up on something? Well, I got news for you. It's not too late. Because something happened. So God appears to Abraham now at 99 years old when it now is impossible for him to have a son because his body's dead and Sarah's body's dead. I'm here to tell you, God is the God of the impossible. The Bible says all things are possible to him who believes. So at 99 years old, it can only be God that causes Abraham and Sarah to have kids, right? Why, why is that in the Bible? 
Why is the story of Abraham there? Because God wants you to make sure that you're never concerned if you're in an impossible situation. As a matter of fact, there is no impossible situation for us as Christians. Wow. I wonder if we ever got a revelation of that. What would start happening in our lives and I wonder we would have to really grow because we'd have to believe God for many more buildings than this one. I mean, we'd need every, uh, all these churches in Omaha, we'd need every meeting place everywhere to get all the people built up and saved and, and grown up because they'd be like, wow. At 99 years old, so, so if you look at it, for 24 years, he kind of gave up on it. But something happened to him at 99 years old that changed everything and caused him to lay hold of a promise that was impossible. Be encouraged by this, guys, because it's not over. If God was here, to, he'd probably say to you what he said to me one time. He said, Tony, I'm not concerned with where you've been. I'm not concerned with where you are, but the question I have for you is will you get over yourself and walk with me going forward? I'm so glad I did. So let's look at this. Verse 17 of Romans chapter 4. It says, as it is written. Now, where was it written? He's quoting Genesis 17, 5. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Isn't it interesting that God counted this done way before Isaac was ever born? I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who is God, who quickens the dead. That means he brings dead things to life. I'm an example of that. I was dead, but now I'm no longer dead. I'm brand new and I'm alive. And calls those things which be not as though they were. This is the language of God. God calls those things which be not as though they were. This is the language, not only the language of God, it's the language of faith. This is to be our language. We are to call things that be not as though they are. What does that mean? See, it doesn't mean this. I'm not to call things that be as though they're not. Right? That's not the language of God. What do I mean by that? I don't walk around saying I am not sick if I am. Because if I say that and I have a temperature and a snotty nose and I've got a virus in me, guess what? I'm calling something that is as though it's not. So I don't walk around saying I'm, oh, I'm not sick. I remember Christ the Healer class with Keith Moore at Ramah. You know, you go to that class, everybody gets attacked with sickness because Satan's a punk, right? So you got guys coming in. You could see, man, their head's about to blow up. They've got this major sinus infection, headache. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I feel great. You do? Wow, you look like you're about to die. What are they doing? 
They're calling something that is as though it's not. So what is the language of God, though? I don't say I'm not sick. I say, according to the word of God, I'm healed. So now I'm calling something that's not as though it is. Do you see the difference? So in other words, in Abraham's example, Abraham would walk around going, I'm the father of many nations, way before he ever had a son. That'd be the language of faith. He'd be calling something that's not as though it is. He didn't walk around saying that Sarah and I are not barren. Because if he did that, that's not the language of faith. It's not the language of God. They're calling something that already is as though it's not. Do you see that difference? So you don't walk around saying, I'm not sick. You walk around saying, I'm healed. Don't ask me how I'm feeling. Ask me how I believe, because that's the determining factor. Because how I feel, listen, that's all subject to change, and I already know the answer to that one. If I'm in pain today, that pain will lessen until it ultimately goes away. Why? Because I'm healed. Yeah, but your body, that's not the source of my healing. God's word is, and I trust him. All of my trust is in him, and this is why I'm at rest. Because trust is always expressed in rest. If you're stressed, you're not in faith, and you're not, in, you're not trusting him. You can't see, but you don't have to just, don't suck it up and go, okay, I'm just going to trust God. No, no, no. Just feed on his word. And all of a sudden, you'll see it. The word will become life to you. And all of a sudden, you'll go from stressed to rest. As a matter of fact, people might not understand you, right? That's all right. It'll be a great blessing once you come through the other side and they see the results of it. Verse 18, who against hope believed in hope. What does that mean? So Abraham had no natural hope that he and Sarah could have a child. Why? Because she was 90, he's 100. It's over, right? They're, 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 their body's dead. Abraham had no natural hope that he and Sarah could have a child, he chose to believe God anyway. There might be no natural hope for you physically today, but the example that the Bible is giving you is you choose to believe God anyway. There are people in this room right now that think I've messed up too much I can't ever change my life because there's just no natural way. And I would say that's a lie of the enemy. Lie of the enemy. So let's go. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall your seed be. See, Abraham's hope became a joyous, confident expectation. He believed who against, there was no way in the natural it could happen, but God said. So he chose to believe what God said instead of what his circumstances were telling him. Get that? Simple, isn't it? That's why I do what I do. 
I like simple. Verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. For years, I would read this verse in the King James Version and it would make no sense to me because it seemed like a shift from verse 17, 18, and then all of a sudden, now he's not considering. But thank God, I love the King James Version because it's a word-for-word translation. All the new translations that they call them, they're thought-for-thought. So it's not word-for-word. So you can tell when the translator, now with our tools in the Greek and Hebrew language, you can flat-out tell if this translator who knows the language, see, it's not just based on that, it's based on what he knows about God. Because I think he had trouble with this. The New American Standard Version, if we could pull that up, it gives the perfect rendering in the Greek, and you got to see this. Because we got a bunch of Word of Faith people running around going, I'm not going to consider my own body now dead. And then Satan goes, look at your body, and they look at it, and then he's like, yeah, see, you're not in faith anymore. And they get on this roller coaster where now all they're doing is looking at their body to tell them if they're healed or not. But let's look at what this Greek verse in verse 19, what it really says. In the New American Standard Version, it says, without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. Now, what does the word contemplated mean? It means this Greek word translated uh, contemplated, it literally means considered. Without becoming weak in faith, he considered his own body now as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So Abraham, in his faith walk, because something changed from the time he was 99 until he had Isaac. He considered his body. He looked at it and said, my body's dead, Sarah's body's dead. But he did it without becoming weak in faith. It is not weakness in faith to consider your circumstances. It is not weakness in faith to consider the weakness of your flesh. Abraham is not denying that his body is now dead. Faith does not deny the circumstances. Ever. But Abraham, without being weak in faith, considered his body dead and the deadness of Sarah's womb. But it didn't take him out of faith. Without becoming weak in faith. Abraham, in other words, now this is the big example for us, Abraham was not looking at his body to tell him whether or not he was in faith. He wasn't doing that. That's, that's the key. Abraham was not looking at his body. He wasn't looking at Sarah's body to tell him if things were working or not. Abraham did not judge the truth of God's promise by what was going on in him and Sarah's body. That's, you got to see this. 
Because here's the thing. If you're sick or in pain, I mean a pain hits your body, guess what? The minute it hits your body, you're considering it. Is that true or not true? But when you get pressed, I'm telling you what's on the inside will come out. And when the word's on the inside of you, and when you, your pain hits your body, and you lift up your hands and say, Father, I believe you, and I thank you that Jesus carried my pain. He bore my sickness, and I declare that I believe that I'm healed. That pain can't stay in that environment. Unless God's a liar, and I got news for you, he's not. He's not. Isn't that good? Look at verse 20 now. I'll jump back to the King James Version. It says, he, now he looked at his body. He considered it without, getting, without becoming weak in faith. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But now how did he, how was he able to stay strong in faith? He was strong in faith giving glory to God. Father, I thank you that I'm a father of many nations. When he'd walk on the sand in the desert, he'd say, Father, I thank you that if you could count the sand, you'd be able to count my seed. At night, he's in a desert. There's no cities. Have you ever been in a desert with no cities? You could see the dust of the galaxies. It's so bright. And God told him, look at the stars, Abraham. If you could count them, you'll be able to count your seed. Isn't that amazing? So at night, you could just see Abraham. You know, the enemy's on his shoulder. And he'd walk outside that tent. Father, I thank you that my seed, I'm a father of many nations. Do you see that the promise of God, he was so fully persuaded. Why? Because he didn't stagger. This Greek word stagger means he didn't oppose. He didn't differ or contend with the promise of God. See, if you focus your attention on your symptoms, on your body, if you focus your attention on them and start looking to see if God's word is working based on your circumstances, you're going to start differing or contending with. You'll come to church all excited because you'll feel better. And you'll tell everybody about how healed you are. That's Sunday. And then all of a sudden, some pain's hitting your bodies that you've never experienced before. And some symptoms are hitting you. And then all of a sudden, you're thinking, well, maybe I better not go to church because I told 25 people Sunday that I'm healed and I feel sicker than I've ever felt. This must not be working. See, guys, the Word is your final authority. You think, you think that I'm a mess because I look at the circumstances of my life. And Satan will say, yeah, look at this. And oh, by the way, look at that. And oh, remember that you did that? God's up there going, forget all that. Look at who I've made you. Look at who you are. The Bible says whoever's born of God overcomes the world. You're a world overcomer. 
The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The Bible says when you walk through the water, he'll be with you. When you walk through the fire, it won't even kindle upon you. The Bible says, the Lord's my shepherd and I won't want. Right? It says, I'll fear no evil as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Why? Because he's with me. See, I'm not, I'm not looking for a circumstance to judge whether or not God's word is true. I look only to him. All of my trust is in him. And when all of my trust is in him, I just rest. I don't try to rest. I just rest. When I become aware of my righteousness... I don't have to try to be in peace. The peace that floods out of righteousness just consumes me, and I'm at peace. When I'm facing something that's bigger than me, and I start stirring up joy, how do I do it? By responding to what I'm facing. Oh, Father, I thank you for the victory. I already have the victory. I'm more than a conqueror. And when I do that, the joy that's on the inside of me starts, starts welling up and all of a sudden there's a strength that's, that's beyond me. That's how we walk as Christians. It's the walk of faith. It says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I want, I want you to consider in your life making worship a big part of your day-to-day -day life. Where you are passionately pursuing his presence, where you're thanking him for all that you're believing him for because his word says it, and hide and watch and see what happens. He'll bring it all to pass. In the New American Standard Version of verse 20, it says, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew, I love this, in the King James, it says, but was strong in faith. I love the New American Standard because it brings out the Greek. It says, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. There's a progression of growing strong in faith. What does it mean to grow strong in faith? It means you are progressively growing to the point to where you're more and more fully persuaded that what God said is true. Not what I'm seeing, not what I'm feeling, not what I'm hearing, not what I'm experiencing. That means nothing to me. But his word, because man doesn't live by bread only. But man lives, oh Father, I live by every word that comes out of your mouth. Isn't that, see, can you sense it? Just the depth this is not a process, or this is not, it is a process. This is not a principle. This is who you are. We're made to live this way. Abraham did not allow his body to tell him or to convince him whether or not God's word was working. He already had a spiritual source of his answer. If you don't have a house today, I've got good news for you. God's will for your life is that you have houses. If you have a house today and you have a mortgage, I've got good news for you. You as a child of God are living in an eternal jubilee which promises you debt cancellation. How is, how is God going to cancel that debt? 
It's probably not going to be by the bank calling you up and saying, hey, we just decided to give you this. No. Could it be that God could just drop an extra $300,000 in your lap somehow, give you an idea? I'm telling you, this is how it works. But we can't. We have got to stop being weak to where we are moved by our circumstances. I am not going to allow the circumstances of my life dictate anything. I am going to let the Word of God dictate everything. And I got to tell you, that excites Him. You want to please Him? That's how you please Him. He had a spiritual source to overcome the condition in his body. This is exactly how healing works. He had a spiritual source to overcome the condition of his body. That source is God's word and the mighty Holy Spirit who reveals it. He grew strong in faith looking to the promise of God. Let me say that again. He grew strong in faith as he was looking to the promise of God. His eyes, see Hebrews tell us, tells us as we run our race, we're to fix our eyes on Jesus. Looking unto the promise of God kept him from being swayed by his body, by his circumstances. Let me say that again. Looking to the promise of God kept him. This is what kept him from being swayed by his circumstances. He kept looking to the promise. The final authority in Abraham's life, he, didn't, he couldn't figure it out. Right? There, there's nothing to figure out. Sarah's womb is dead. By the way, even when she was younger, she couldn't have kids. So now she's 90 and, and her body's dead. Abraham's, he's 100, his body's dead. Right? We don't want to have a biology class, but you know, certain things have to happen to conceive, right? Not happening. So how is it going to happen? And Satan will sit on your shoulder just like he sat on Abraham's shoulder and would tell him, there is no way this is going to happen. You know you, every time you see Sarah get dressed in the morning, look at her body. It's dead. Right? Look at your own body. It's dead. You believed God for years when you guys were younger. Remember when you were younger and in your 20s and you had this lady and you guys got married and you wanted, you had the joy of your life was that you were going to have kids and notice year after year after year, she saw her friends, her family have children and you never could. Who do you think you are, Abraham? Does that sound at all like the way Satan will come to you? He'll say, who do you think you are thinking that God's going to change that for you? You old sinner. Right? You don't think he'll say that to you? What did he say to Jesus when he came to tempt him? If you be the Son of God. If you are. That's right. Good teaching. When he tells you, shame on you, you sinner. No, 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 no. Satan, you're an idiot. Because shame's not on me anymore. My shame was put on Jesus. That sinner died years ago. As a matter of fact, that sinner died 2,000 years ago. And now you're not talking to a sinner. You're talking to the very righteousness of God in Christ right now. 
And oh, by the way, really, you're just talking to my mind because you can't even touch my spirit. This is the reality of life. And oh, religion hates to preach this. And to that we say, so what? The enemy hates it. Man, he'll kill you, pastor. Oh, he can't. If he could, he would have already tried. And he's tried. He's actually trying right now. But he can't. You're going to see your pastor get healthier and healthier and healthier, walking in divine life, because I'm going to keep my eyes on this. I'm not going to get my eyes on me. Will you respect the facts in your body, or will you respect the truth of God's word? That's the question. Abraham recognized his and Sarah's body were dead. But he did not let that make him weak in faith because he put greater respect in God's promise to him. I mean, think about it. God says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll watch over my word to perform it. I will make a way where there is no way. Right? I'll open a door that there is no door. I'll close doors that can never be opened again in your life. Oh man, every convicted felon who gets saved needs to know that. He'll shut that door so that that conviction in his past or her past will never affect their future. I'm telling you, what does God do? He makes all things new. He brings life to dead things. Oh, man, can somebody say amen, right? Amen. Looking unto God's promise, Abraham grew strong in faith. So again, what are you going to give respect to? The facts in your body? The facts in your finances? the facts in your emotions or your situation in your life or the truth of God's word that cannot be changed. See, this is why God used this example of Abraham to help you and I today. It's why he called him the father of our faith. Verse 21, look at Abraham. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able also to perform. What is the fight of faith? The fight of faith is for you and I to become fully persuaded that what God promised is truth. And this is a process. What do we call it? It's the process of renewing your mind. And the Holy Spirit knows exactly how you need to renew your mind. He will have you ahead of everything the enemy does in your life. Isn't that awesome? I mean, the reason why I'm preaching this right now as the pastor of this church is only one reason, because this is what God wants me to preach. Why? To help all of us. To equip us to go do the work of the ministry. Listen, you're going to be hindered from doing all the ministry God wants you to do if you have pain in your body and sickness or disease, or if you don't have money that you need to, to sow and give and do and all these things. God wants you free. Everybody would say, well, yeah, you know, when I get to heaven, I'll be completely free. But salvation, you're going to be no more saved in heaven than you are now, except for this one fact, your body will not have the sin nature in it anymore. 
so it won't be subject to sickness and disease. But you today possess all the eternal life you're ever going to possess. I just can't wait till I get that glorified body that doesn't have a sin nature. So somebody cuts me off at a highway in heaven, I'll be like, oh Lord, bless them today. Because I'm not stressed at all. Because I haven't, I'll, first of all, when I first get there, I might go, wow, it's not there. Right? I'll be like, Lord, can I go back in time and live my life over again? Because man, I'm unoffendable right now. And he'll look at me and go, oh son, you were unoffendable then if you just love my word. Oh man, I better go on here. Here we go. So this is a process, the process of a renewing our mind. As you renew your mind with the Word of God, as you meditate in it day and night, you will observe yourself doing it. You will become fully persuaded that if my God says I'm healed, I'm healed. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I see, feel. I don't care what the doctor's report says. I'll thank the doctor. I'm not going to preach to the doctor. Right? I don't preach to anybody unless there's an open door. I'll just, I'll just say, doctor, thank you, right? I'll just, I'll just, I'm not going to lay a bunch of scripture on him. He tells me I have a condition. I'm like, yeah, I rebuke you, Satan. That's just not, no, that's just ridiculous. Thank him, and you walk out. Father, I thank you, I'm healed. And guess what? Guess who will talk to the doctor? The Holy Spirit. Because everywhere you go, you leave a fragrance of the knowledge of God in every place. Who does it? Your Father does it for you. Always put the pressure on the Word and never on you. See, what is Satan doing? He's trying to keep you from being fully persuaded. How does he do that? He'll get you, he'll get you in a wrong environment. Some people keep getting pulled back into their own life because they refuse to cut ties with people that are detrimental to them. So they're in a wrong environment. Some people are not planted in the church where they need to be planted. Some people have just made a decision, I'm not going to be a viable part of my church family even though God tells me to. Some people have made a decision that the word of God will be a peripheral thing in my life. I'll read it once in a while if I want to, instead of my very life. I don't live by food only. I live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. So two elements, real quick, of growing strong in faith. Giving glory to God is number one. Number two is becoming fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Hallelujah. This is where the fight is. The fight is not in our own flesh. It's for us to be fully persuaded. Satan will try to get you looking at everything else but the Word. He hates it when you look at the Word. It's not time for you, if you have sickness or disease in your body, it's not time for you to start studying about end-time prophecy. Right? Or something you think is really cool in the Bible. You know, well, what kind of underwear do you think Moses wore? <laughs> now, we laugh, but people get into stupid stuff like that. 
I had one person say, Pastor, we, we're going we're gonna to leave the church because we got to go to this other church because they teach on healing, uh, but what they do, they go a lot deeper than you. They talk about every demon that's behind every sickness and disease. Wouldn't that be uplifting? Wow. Right? Let me go to this deliverance meeting, and I thought I had six demons in my life, and I realized, oh my gosh, I got 25. Why would I think that? Because this is not first place in my life. I know that sounds simple, but it'll help you. If you can't say amen, say oh me, right? <laughs> Abraham looked at the promise of God to keep him from wavering. He looked at the promise of God to keep him from wavering while he gave glory to God for the answer. This is exactly how you walk by faith. I fix my eyes on Jesus, the word of God, while I'm giving glory to him. And this keeps me from ever getting weak in faith. Will the enemy throw a thought? Will doubt ever hit your mind? Absolutely. But it'll never get to your heart. Because the Holy Spirit will be down there going, say this. And you just start, oh, Father. And then pretty soon... You're just like, wow, I'm just so thankful your hand is upon me. I'll recover fully. There won't, even be, there won't even be a symptom of any evidence that I ever even face this. Right? No matter what it is in your life, he keeps saying, thank you for my son. He's meditating on what God said. The more he does this, the more fully persuaded he becomes. What is Abraham doing? He's renewing his mind to the promise. And in less than a year, he had a son. The battle of the believer is to become fully persuaded that God's promise of healing is truth. That's, that's, that's it. Notice God talks to Abraham always in past tense. I have made thee a father of many nations. See, as far as God's concerned, it's already done in your life because he's spoken it. It's done. Look at this, 1 Peter 2.24. You don't have to turn there, but look at what it says. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. God speaks to us in past tense regarding our own healing. See, in Abraham's case, this story we've read, it means that God has done everything needed for Abraham to be the father of many nations. He already did everything. Becoming fully persuaded, it's a day-to-day -day process. This is why if God, if the word of God is not first, if your relationship with God is not first, it won't work. Come on. I'd like to tell you it would, but it just won't. Right. You know, actually, I wouldn't even want to tell you it was because here's the thing. There is nothing like walking with God. There's, and, and he doesn't take second place. He can't because he'd have to violate your will to be with you. And he can't do that. 
Never, or I'm sorry, nowhere does it say that because Abraham believed God that some special power came on him and Sarah, zapped their body, and they were able to have a son. It doesn't say that. Abraham's faith did not make God move. Pastor, Ramagrad, are you kidding me? Our faith does not make God move to bring healing. God moved to bring healing to us 2,000 years ago before you ever were born. Why did he do it? Because of his love and his compassion for you. If you have symptoms in your body today, when Jesus was on that cross, for the joy that was set before him, he saw you in 2019 get free from whatever condition you have. The Bible said he received the promise because he focused on God, not because God zapped his body. He focused on what God said. God's word is the spiritual source. Abraham realized, now this is a big one, Abraham realized that his body was not the problem. Have you ever faced sickness or disease? Do you ever think the thought, man, why won't my pancreas work right? Why won't my this work right or that work right? I mean, if my body, look at everybody else's body works right. Why won't my body work right? See, no, no, no. God's word is a spiritual source. Get your eyes off your body. Abraham realized his body was not the problem. His focus was to become fully persuaded that what God said he would perform. See, get, Satan gets us looking at our body to keep us from being fully persuaded. Most look and say, God's word says I'm healed, but my body is saying I'm not. Why? People let their body bring them into unbelief. But Romans 8.11 is absolutely true, isn't it? But if the spirit of him that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, how many people are here that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? Right? So if you didn't raise your hand, you either don't like to submit to when somebody wants you to do something, which might uncover other problems, I'll let you work that out, or you need to get saved. But I'm here to tell you today, if you can't raise your hand because you don't know Jesus, he knows you, he loves you, and he wants you. And, he, and all of it's for you. But if the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken, restore to health, heal, make whole your mortal body. How? By his spirit that dwells in you. This is huge. The Holy Spirit quickens your body as you focus on God's word instead of the circumstances. When you realize that my fight is not against my flesh, my fight is to become fully persuaded that what God said he will perform. Put all the pressure on, your, on the word of God. Don't put any pressure on your body to change. Becoming fully persuaded, again, is a day-by-day -day process. You've got to get this out of your vocabulary. 
but my body. But the doctor said, you need to get that out of your vocabulary. Satan will come with but. Why? To get your eyes on the circumstances. When he comes with that, you have to respond, it is written. It is written. The more you give God glory, the more you keep your eyes on the promise, the more it will cause you to grow until you're fully persuaded. Last minute, you guys ready? You tap into the power of God by giving glory to God and becoming fully persuaded. When you give glory to God, you're tapping into His power. And it's causing you to become fully persuaded. See, we always look for gifts of healings, working of miracles. But God didn't put gifts of healings, working of miracles, gifts of special faith. He didn't put them in the church so that the church could be healed. That's for the world. We need to get in the Word of God and just believe Him. He's made that way. These things are supposed to be assigned to the world to bring the gospel to them. See, you and I, we have the Holy Spirit in us. This is how, this is how healing is going to be eradicated in the church. By you and I simply making a decision, I'm not going to put up with sickness and disease in my body anymore. I'm not going to let a pill or a medication just ma maintain some things for me so that I have to deal with some other things later on because of the side effects, right? So I'm going to start today, and I'm going to say no. If I'm on medication, I'm, I'm going to say, okay, Father, I'm trusting you. I'm going to take this in faith, but I'm not looking at my body. I'm looking at the Word. So I thank you that I'll take this medication, and the part of it that will help me, great. The part that hurts me, it will go right through my system supernaturally. But I'm not going to focus on my body. I'm just going to literally follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And as I follow Him, see, as I give Him glory, I walk around all day every day going, wow, Holy Spirit, I thank You. You're, you're restoring my body. You're making my body whole. Isn't the Word of God, isn't it life to those that find it and health or medicine to all their flesh? See, guys, Whatever your situation is, I'm here to tell you, there is something inside of you right now that's stirring you to just go, I am not, I am not putting up with this anymore. If God didn't give it to me, I'm not going to have any part of it. And I got to tell you, we know who our enemy is, right? It's the enemy. It's spiritual death. And he's defeated. In Jesus' name.